and I know you're a big, you know, fan of telling our stories. There's always a story why people show up the way they do. And a lot of times they see me loving and being committed to loving more, but they don't know the pain and the story. So those two are the two biggest catalysts to the change and the transformation you see. And a part of my chef journey close to the end before COVID, it became, I had those internal dialogues and I'm like, I can't believe this is a woman who was so passionate years ago when very close family members say, you probably should look for something else because we see you put so much work and labor and fruits of love and the how you go hard in, we're not seeing the fruits coming back to you. And I think you deserve more. Mm. And I was, I was so offended. I was like, would listen. And then something started to happen inside and it shifted after my mom passed. I started to realize that I wanted more. You're listening to The Grind and Gratitude Show. I am Danny Stone, and I've dedicated my entire life to helping people win. Win in their careers, win in their businesses, and win in their lives. This podcast is going to help you get on your grind and hustle to create the life that you love and walk in gratitude along the journey. Each episode, I'll teach you tools and tactics and bring you conversations with experts that will help you turn your passion into a thriving online business. Life isn't about wishing for something greater. It's about making it happen. There's something special about you. Grind until you find it. Be grateful when you get it. Welcome to the Grind and Gratitude Show. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much. If you're an avid listener, then you know I got a lot of love for you. And it's been a while since I've had somebody on the on the podcast. I've been doing a lot of solo episodes, and it's not that I didn't want to catch up with people. It's just that my schedule's been so busy. But I had to bring back I had to bring back guests with this particular guest. So I had to come back with with this particular guest because um, I just love what she does. I love what she's about. And so you are all in for a treat. We're going to be talking about so many things about love, loving yourself, overcoming challenges, her whole journey from where she was to where she is now. It's going to be an amazing conversation. So make sure you have a pen and paper because you're going to want to take some notes. So let me introduce my guest. My guest name is Lovemore. She lives in Ajax, Ontario, Canada with her daughter Sade. Um, Lovemore loves the outdoors, especially the lake and the daily walks are part of her morning routines. And if you're not following her, you definitely need to follow her because I love her Instagram post every morning when she's on the lake. But we'll tell you about that later. Uh, <laughs> Lovemore is, uh, is the team lead and owner of Lovemore Lifestyle Incorporated, where she serves women over 35 as a Lovemore life coach. Love that. Uh, she has documented the seven A's that has transformed her life into living and loving more. And this, is, this includes all her sessions and programs. Can't wait to hear about the programs. Um, Love More Lifestyle in the Love More Prayer and Gratitude Journal. And Love More is passionate to see others embrace their uniqueness, show up consistently to share our light and be a blessing to others through love and peace. 
Her message is all about community and creating a space for people to love one another and to find themselves. She's passionate about encouraging others to become more self-aware and know that you are enough. It's her heart's desire to see love practice in all areas of life from the classroom to the boardroom in our homes and beyond. She loves to pray. She loves to pray for others and moving to music is a part of her lifestyle. Yeah, I love that. Um, she is a speaker, an author, uh, inspirational um, chef, and Love More is also a coach. And she is one of my co-moderators in um, my cl- Champion You Club on Clubhouse. So let's welcome Love More to the podcast. Woo-hoo! Coach Stone. <laughs> I had to say it all. I had to say it all because it all had to be said. <laughs> oh, happy Friday, Coach Stone. And um, greetings and love, whoever is watching this podcast. We welcome you. We are happy you are here. And thanks for tuning in. And thanks for supporting my wonderful brother, Coach Stone. <laughs> well, everybody knows, you know, I have to say Coach Stone is in the building love more coach love more and you know i'm really excited to have you on the podcast because um i don't even know how long ago it was that we met how when did we meet april april, april. I, I i never forgot april and that's when we started the champion new club and i'm so thankful for you in my life you've inspired me so much you have kept me thriving and striving for more excellence. So I just want to just say thank you so much for who you are and the Champion You Club. You know, I'm always taking my notes, but it's great. One thing I've learned, which I never had before, I never had the right people in my circle, consistent weekly connection. And I've grown so much by connecting with you, by our conversations on the Champion You Club, you know, Nicole and Dr. Vibe. So thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to have connected with you. It seems like we've known each other for years. So I want to thank you as well, just for showing up and being yourself. Like people just take that for granted. Sometimes it's just showing up as yourself in an authentic way. You just take it for granted because so many people don't. So I want to thank you as well. So, so talk about this, like, you know, you let's, let's, let's just start here. Like before we get to the coaching and the love more thing, like you were a chef for 20 years. What was that like? Like what, talk about your whole experience about with being a chef. Like how did you first become a chef? I have always loved the art of creating. And I say creating because it took me 17 years of my chef journey to realize that what I love is the creation, not necessarily the cooking. Or I probably would say that I outgrew the so the laboring and I love the create creating and create like I love to create. And when I first started, you know, I've always loved cooking as a child. You know, I was cooking probably from um, eight or nine years old, very, very, very young. And when I started my my chef duties, it was my cousins who encouraged me because I didn't I didn't have the the esteem and the confidence. 
as a Jamaican coming here, I didn't think I could do it. And every Sunday, my cousins would come by and play dominoes. And I would cook. And they would call me the next day, like, you need to open a restaurant. And I thought at that point in time, the most cost-effective way was to go into catering. And so I did. So when I started, I was so passionate about creating. It was my everything. And I will be honest, I lost myself in that. Not always in a good way. I lost myself in, um, I was so tunnel focused. I forgot about a lot of different other things. I spoke fast. I wasn't present in the moment. I was always running, rushing, not eating. And I'm going to share with you one thing that stood out for me that really was one of the catalysts that allowed me to become who I am today was a conversation with my late mom. I was cooking, getting ready for an event. And whenever I'm getting ready for an event, all I'm focusing on is getting there and serving. I don't stop to eat. I don't stop to drink water. I don't stop to talk to anyone. And my brother called. And this was me. My mom gave me the phone. I'm rushing, running and speaking fast and not being present. And my mom pulled me aside after I hung up the phone. And she said, your brother hates speaking to you because you're always rushing. And that was one conversation, another conversation, someone close to me said, I know you love me, but I don't feel it. And a lot of people see me and see what I do and see the commitment, but we must always realize there's, and I know you're a big fan of telling our stories. There's always a story why people show up the way they do. And a lot of times they see me loving and being committed to loving more, but they don't know the pain and the story. So those two are the two biggest catalysts to the change and the transformation you see. And a part of my chef journey close to the end before COVID, it became, I had those internal dialogues and I'm like, I can't believe this is a woman who was so passionate years ago when very close family members say, you probably should look for something else because we see you put so much work and labor and fruits of love and the how you go hard in, we're not seeing the fruits coming back to you. And I think you deserve more. Mm. And I was, I was so offended. I was like, would listen. And then something started to happen inside and it shifted after my mom passed. I started to realize that I wanted more. I started to realize that I deserve more. And I started to realize that Life is more about the things that I do and the work that I have. And for 20 years, my life was work. And then my eyes opened up to the reality that no, 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 there is more to who you are. You are not just someone who goes in a kitchen and cook and serve. And I serve very well. And, you know, I'm thankful for the journey. But I realized that I wasn't taking care of myself. I realized that I wasn't present for others. I realized that things had to change. And I couldn't believe I felt guilty. I felt like, why am I? What's happening? 
I thought that I would be doing what I was doing in the manner I was doing it forever. And I have thought of feedback and conversations about maybe you should rethink this. And I was like, no. And finally, here I am really having those self-dialogues and listening to inside. And Danny, it was so uncomfortable. It was so hard. I'm like, I feel like I should be doing more. I'm feeling frustrated. It affected, it affected my value because I was, I was at a point where I started to equate my value to how much I was bringing in the catering. So can you imagine the frustration if like, you know what, what I'm expected to bring in in and wanting more for my team members and things was just getting the harder it was working, the more difficult things were were getting. That was a sign that I, I needed to make a change, but I just could not see it then. So the journey started off beautifully filled with lots of passion, which shows that your passion can change. And it ended up being, I, I can tell you the last event, I broke down crying. Wow. I broke down crying. I said, Lord, I've had enough. Teach me to do better. And my team member have never seen me cry in 20 years to that point. And my team member, she drove me. I had, I had one of the largest events at a university for a gala event. And Danny, I just sat there and I'm like, even though I knew I had my team, I like, you know what? Is there someone else I can call to send on my behalf? I don't want to go. Mm-hmm. But I pulled myself and my team drove me and we had a lot of challenges that day and we pulled it through and we, we, we created the excellence that we're known for. But they saw me like, what? I've never seen you like this. And they said, I'm tired of being tired. And I drove home. Actually, I went back to the kitchen. I cleaned up and I backed my van in and my van was in the driveway from, we went into lockdown, I think a week after. I didn't oh, this was right before to, COVID. Right before COVID. And I backed my van in and I'm like, I don't even want to see you. I, 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 I just need to rest. And I backed my van in and I didn't go and organize myself in the van until around September last year. From March to September, I just like, you know what? I saw the signs and I knew it was time to give myself the mental break, to step back and reset and rest and then see what was next for me. So that is... I know there's so much more to that story. What was it at that particular time that just made, like, what was it at that last event that just let you know that that was enough? Like, what was it? What happened? Did something happen or something finally kicked it? What was it? I, I, I was, the exhaustion was to a point where I felt like I could just book myself in a hospital. Okay. Like when you're talking about mental depletion, all kind of depletion where you just like put all your hands up in the air. And I felt like I was too tired to produce at the level of excellence, the artwork, the decor, the press. It's almost like uh, um, Broadway merges with food mm. and brought to an event. And I was doing, even though I had team, 
I was doing the work of 10 mm-hmm. because I'm so creative and I'm like, this is what I, I want for the event. Even though when I know I'm getting paid for it, I'm like, I want to see, I want to bring this production. Mm. I would overproduce. Right. But where did so that I come knew- from? Love more. Where did that come from? Like, where did that, you, did you always have that drive just to be the best? Or once you became a chef, you just realized where did that whole drive come from where you just needed excellence and everything to be on point and perfect? Um, I would not necessarily say perfect. Yeah. Um, a part of it, a part of it is wanting to prove that I am great. Okay. A part of it is that voice saying within that you're not enough. And because I had so much low self-esteem for so long, I would want to overproduce and overwork and create this fabulous, even when the job says, just bring the food and some pretty flowers, I'm bringing artwork. And, and now as I'm speaking, having this conversation, it's even really opening my eyes even more why I did the things that I did, even though it was loved and celebrated and I got jobs for the the like the production that I was unfolding, but it makes sense to me now. The root of the problem was because I felt like I wasn't enough. I felt like I had to over deliver. Oh my goodness. Wow. I mean, that's a, that, that whole, you know, thank you for just being so open and transparent because what you're saying is what I'm sure a lot of people are feeling. You you start a job or even a business. And I, I, I've seen this a lot in the corporate world. You want to do yeah. the best that you can. And then something just lets you know that, okay, it's time for me to move on, but I just can't. And so the quality of your work starts to suffer and you realize I, I need a way out, but you feel like you're caught on this hamster wheel because we start to tell ourselves we can't find another job or we can't start a business. And so you're on this hamster wheel, but you're not giving 100%. And it starts to kind of affect you personally, physically, mentally, spiritually, but you're on this hamster wheel and you don't know how to get off. And then unfortunately, I've seen this many times with um, some of my friends. They've had mental breakdowns or their health has suffered because they, they, they didn't leave or make that transition or take care of themselves. And so when you were saying that, I was just kind of thinking about some people I know that just went too far and they just... You know, they yeah. just never really step back to say my health is more important than this job or, or whatever. Yeah. So when you were saying that, that just kind of resonated with me. So now you're a coach. You made the transition from a chef to a coach. And how did you know that coaching was your thing? How did you get involved with coaching? How did that um, happen? I always keep it real. I... I fought it for five years. I, I was encouraged by one friend who's always on my social media page. And every, I wouldn't say every week, every now and again, maybe every month, you're like, you need to speak. You need to find an agent. You need to speak and you need to coach. And I've been mentoring for a while, but didn't even realize I was mentoring. Right. And I would just roll my eyes and I just couldn't see it. And I fought it for since 2015, like the calling was, I was being pursued, right? <laughs> and COVID happened. COVID happened. And I, once I got the chance to rest, 
one day in my mailbox, my team member sent me a coaching course. She's like, do it. Don't procrastinate. Don't question it and stop being stubborn. Wow. And when she sent that to me, I was partially accepting that, yes, this is the journey. I said partially because I was still, still not sure. I've been, I've been doing, I've been a chef for 20 years and can I coach? I mean, as much as I was getting more self-aware and learning to love myself more, you know, we have the imposter syndrome, like you're not enough. Who are you going to coach? How are you going to coach someone? Right. So I was battling with that as well. But when she sent me that with the prayers and seeing the signs, but not wanting to own it, that was a big step for me. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Then I called her and I'm like, I'm going to do the course. It will help me on my journey of deciding what next. And she's like, love more. Come on. You're still not getting it. So anyways, I'm like doing the courses and I'm praying and I'm meditating. But what really worked for me, um, Danny, is I went back to my own stories. Mm. I asked myself, why did I went through what I went through? And what am I going to do about it? And how am I going to do it? And when I looked at me doing the course, when I looked at all the things that I was doing, now I can finally have a lens that can see into my own path, what, what, what I was doing all along, always inspiring people and encouraging people. And I asked, I asked my social media um, friends, what do you see in me? Mm. And this recurring theme keep coming up. You, you're always encouraging us. You always make us feel like we matter. You always make us feel like we're enough. Whenever you're in, in, whenever we're in your presence, this is how you make us feel. So I'm seeing the regular patterns, and I'm like, people keep on telling me this. And I said, this is a great recipe for a coach. Yeah. And when I looked at what I've been through. I knew that it is my duty and responsibility, either through coaching or just on a personal level, just just really creating a mission. It is my duty to share how I went from low self-esteem, not believing that I am enough, to now loving myself more and believing in myself more. And I say believing in myself more because I don't want people to think that, oh, I'm so good now. I've gone from low self-esteem. I'm at the pinnacle of my self-esteem. I'm not. Right. Every day that I'm alive is an opportunity to add and build to my excellence. It's ability to love myself more. It is ability to work on my self-esteem. So there's no ceiling. So when I say I'm loving myself more and I'm building more of my self-esteem there's always an opportunity to become better mm. so i wanted to share how i went from a to b and i felt it was my responsibility i felt it was my mission i felt that i was brought here to do that and i felt that the difficult journeys that i've had was my preparation so i started to reframe all the brokenness the pain all the mess and i'm like this is what is going to propel a powerful message 
and I can stand and say it and not be making up anything. This is my story. This is what I went through. And this is how I've over, overcame, right? So um, that is how I decided wow. that the best way to share and to help to create the understanding in other human beings that they are enough is to, I didn't know any other way of doing it other than coaching from a business perspective. Yeah. So that's how I got into, that's how I got into coaching. It wasn't a lifelong dream where I'm like, this is on my vision board. It pursued me. Yeah. And I finally decided that stop being stubborn and I surrendered and I gave in and I'm like, this is it. And the more I'm doing it, the more I'm realizing like, this is where I need to be in this season. So if, if COVID did a hit, would you have still pursued it if it wasn't for COVID? Would you, would you think that you would be here as a coach right now? Um, I am so thankful for COVID. COVID was the answer to my prayers. And to be honest with you, Danny, if COVID didn't hit, I believe it would have taken longer for me to get to this point because the reason why I didn't step away from the insanity that was going on, I felt like I couldn't afford to. Mm. I felt like I couldn't stop because I have bills, bills to pay. And that was the main reason. Mm-hmm. But we all have a choice. But I, I didn't feel like I could even stop for a week. And I could. Yeah, I could. I just in that crazy time, I just didn't feel as if I could stop and really stop to rest. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I, I, I wanted to kind of acknowledge, and I think we need to pause and acknowledge this, is that you felt like you were being pursued and then you answered the call. And sometimes we get messages and those messages come in many forms. Sometimes they come through people, they come through experiences, but a lot of us don't answer that call. And it, for you, part of it was, you know, somebody that you used to coworker who sent you the coaching guide and said, listen, you need to sign up. But then you did something else. You asked other people, what is it that you see in me? And I think that is a very important lesson for people who are feeling kind of stuck right now. And I don't know what's next. And I don't know where to go. And What's happening with my life? I feel like I'm at a standstill. We have to learn to remind ourselves of the greatness within us, of the amazing qualities that we have. And and part of that is to connect with people just like you did. What do you see in me? That is such a powerful question when you're just like, I don't know who I am anymore. What do you see in me? Family, friends, community, coworkers. What do you see in me? What do, what do people come to you for? And sometimes that might just crack the door open just a little bit to let you see that maybe there is more to you. Maybe there's more for you. And so when you said that, that really kind of resonated with me because I know a lot of people right now might be feeling like with just trying to move through this pandemic, I don't know who I am. I'm tired of this job or I'm tired of this business. I should be happy and grateful. Or maybe you're feeling stuck because you don't have a job and it's like they're trying to figure out the next chapter. And sometimes you just got to sit back, ask yourself these questions or reach out to the people around you and say, what do you see in me? What do you come to me for? What do you think I'm great at? You know, that's what I heard from you. But you answered the call and a lot of people don't answer the call. 
Yes. So you were talking a lot about, you know, this journey from really kind of having low self-esteem and all these other things. What was it? What was a major challenge that you kind of had to overcome? I mean, aside from deciding that you wanted to make this shift in your life, but what else was happening in your life where you just didn't feel confident about yourself? What, what there was, going was on? there was there was a lot happening in 2015. I felt like everything was just not working out. My my mom, I literally saw my mom slowly slipping away every single day. Wow. So when people, you know, I I do share a lot about my journey and I'm quite open. But there was one particular lady I was speaking to her and I was telling her about my story. Like, you know, you know, for 43 years, I didn't have a voice. And she's like, hold on, stop for a second. I, I don't believe you. So that's not something I share very often because people who didn't know me before 2015, before my major transformation, it's hard for them. It's hard for them to see me before shy, can't look in your eyes dancing on video, um, coming on and just being myself and having this energy, like the energy I have now, I never had before 2015. Wow. So all, you know, 2015, um, separation, um, seeing my mom slipping every day, every, 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 it's like, having a balloon and you slowly seeing the air being filtered out little by little by little. I saw that. And I, wow. you know, my mom was told she had three months to go and she went exactly three months. Wow. And I'm sitting there, I'm serving my clients. Um, there is tension with the relation with um, my, my marriage and there was one point I felt like I'm just going to check myself in the hospital. I can't do this. Mm. I don't want to do this. Um, but I, I, I did it. And the reason why love is my message, what kept me was love, the love of others, people that I haven't even met yet to hug was constantly pouring into me every day because I shared, I shared, the journey that my mom was going through. I shared it and I needed that community support. I needed that community love and love came from places that I don't even know the name, mm. <laughs> but it just, it just came in and then it kept me every day. It was, it was like, we've got you. We're supporting you. We're, we're praying for you. We love you. That just kept me going and going and going and going. And that's how I got through. What did you like? I mean, going through a separation with your partner and your mom sort of transitioning at the same time. What, what did you learn about yourself going through all of that? I, the, the biggest thing that I learned was as my mom was slipping away, my eyes, it's almost like, I had cataract on my eyes for 43 years. Wow. And then slowly I was blind, but now I'm starting to see. I'm starting to see glimpses of light, right? And my neighbor then, he had to come in to help. And he said, I remember, I never forget this. I was walking out, it was dark. 
And before I, I went out, he said, you're barely existing. And I was walking out and I looked up at the sky and I made myself my a promise. I said, I don't want anyone else ever to tell me that again. But it was also those words propelled me to want more in addition to what I was going through. And it was the promise, promise I made my mom. She's like, find your own happiness. Mm. And when you see someone slipping, you don't forget those words. And that transformed me. I wanted more. I felt like, I felt like a plant, a seed was planted. And I felt like that plant wanted to just burst and bloom and blossom and grow and just like defy the odds and find her voice and just create a mission and just become the person she was meant to be. And I just felt this energy inside, just like, oh my goodness, what is going on? It was so overwhelmingly beautiful, but scary at the same time. But I allowed the process to happen. And I myself just like, oh my goodness, what is going on? And all of those painful moments birth something beautiful inside. It allowed me to say, I choose to live. Mm. But it's like your mother gave you this amazing gift. Like that yes. one powerful phrase or sentence, that one thing that she left with you seemed to just light this fire in you. It was almost like she knew that she knows you. She's your mother. It's almost like yeah. she knew that before she left, she had to give this to you. You have to, you have to take this with you. Is that how you felt? Is that how you feel? Yes. It was almost like you think about the relay and someone's passing you that baton. My mom, as she's slipping away, she pushed, she pushed, she pushed, she pushed to push. She just give me that baton of life to say, my daughter, it's not over. Wow. Choose life and live. And that's what she did. She's like, Find your own happiness and give your heart to the Lord. And I did. I did. I did. And I took both of those to heart. And I said, if it's the least I could do, I'm going to honor my mom's wishes. And I'm going to honor the legacy of life that we take for granted. I'm going to honor the legacy of waking up each morning and being present and seeing the abundance. When I drink my cup of tea, it's an experience. <laughs> <laughs> I <Right>? love it. <laughs> when I drink my cup of tea, I come outside, me and the birds and my cup of tea. And I, I, I pick the prettiest of cup. My, you know, sometimes my family thinks I'm extra. And I'm like, I don't care what you think. I'm doing me. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's amazing. Like, you know, I think right now, too, and this is very important, there's people who are kind of struggling right now and, 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 and maybe there's women who have, or men who have stayed too long in a relationship and they feel like they can't move on without this person. And they have all these other things going on in their life, but they just can't seem to make that transition and, and move away from somebody that, but that might not be the right person for them, or that might be holding them back. Like, what would you say to somebody right now who's in that situation? Wow, Danny. Um, I think when, you know, I'm always very mindful of remembering where I'm coming from because it's so easy for me to say, oh, you can do it. Just change your work on your mind. It's not easy because I've been there. 
we must get to a place where we know we have choices. And even if it as much as if you're going to take and try to make those choices by yourself, there is nothing better than pen and paper. We take the power of pen and paper, get a pen and paper, put draw a line in the middle and put pros and cons. Why do I need to do this? What's happening? But we need to get out of our head, put things on paper. It has never failed me. There's moments when I feel as if, you know what? Let me pray about it. Let me put some action to it. But let me put down this situation on paper for you to take a look at it and look at it with a different lens mm. and getting help. I got a lot of help. I, we have to learn to ask and we also have to learn to receive. And it's not easy, but I tell you, if I can learn to go and ask <laughs> <laughs> and if Lovemore can learn to receive, let me tell you. And if Lovemore has a voice, let me tell you, you can do it. That, that, I hope I'm convincing enough, Danny. When I tell people that I didn't have a voice when I'm, when I'm networking or if I'm going to catering events, I would get sick from the night before with the possibility that I have to say my name to someone. Wow. Jeez, really? I would get sick from the night before, even in high school, if I had, if the possibility of me have to say my essay, I didn't go to school. I did not go to school. Where did all that come from? Where did, where did that, where did it like stem from? Did something happen in your childhood or somebody shut you down or like where to that extent, where did it come from? I'm, I'm not quite sure as to what was the series of events that created that, but I've always was very sheltered, very shy, very not self-expressive. But it's funny enough that you asked me that. It was nine and my mom said to me, I'll always worry about you because you don't have a voice. And the same person birthed my voice. So you know what? A lot of times certain things don't make sense. And I try not to ask the why a lot of times because certain things you will, you will never get the answer for. But I always find it so amazing that there's a very same person who worried about me. She worried about me until she went mm -hmm. because she, 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 you know, she's, she'll always say, I won't worry about your sister because she's, she's like, you know, you know, outspoken and she stands up for herself, but she always felt like I couldn't stand up for myself and she's seen it. I was always very soft-spoken. I, you know, always love peace to the point where she's like, you won't express who you are. But it's so funny and interesting that the same person who said, I'll always worry about you when I was nine, was the same person handing me the baton that says, you can live. There mm -hmm. is life in you. There is value in you. You were created for a purpose. She passed on that last little bit before she went. And I think that's uh, I think that's very important for us all to understand because sometimes we don't understand things at the time. And you already mm -hmm. said this, and that's why it's really important to step back and see it. You cannot see your way through a situation from a stuck perspective. 
True. When you're stuck, you can only see it from I'm stuck at this job. I'm stuck in this relationship. Yeah. I'm never going to get out of debt because you're so in it. But once you step back, yes, now you can see it from other other lenses and you're more open to hearing what other people have to say, because people might have been st- giving you advice, but you just weren't in a space that you could take it because it's like it's just not going to happen. There's no way I got to pay the bills. I can't leave this job. But when you step back just a little bit. And I always say we need to make this leap from it's impossible to possible to making it happen. Yes. And that leap from impossible to possible, you can't, it's always going to be impossible until one, something happens that forces you out of it. Like somebody, your your job fires you, COVID, the person you're with breaks up with you, then you're forced to kind of, I have no choice. Or you just kind of step back. And then you're open to listening to other opportun- other ways to get through it. And that's what seems to be kind of common with you because you constantly were asking people for help. How did you go from like, I'm, I'm in charge of being this chef and, and, and being focused and creative and just really driven to like all of a sudden now asking people for help and asking them what they see in you? That's a big, that's a big shift. It, it- it wasn't easy, but I came to the understanding that in order for me to get from where I'm at, because my tires are stuck in this mud and I need someone to push it out because I am 130, 40 pounds. And here I'm having to push this car, which is my vessel and my body and my soul and spirit, but I'm not strong enough to push this car out because it's stuck in the mud. And I need to say, come Danny, come help me, come Nicole, come help me push this out. And with a little bit more help, this car is moving little by little. So I became aware of the importance of asking for help, even when I didn't even want to do it. I just realized that this is what I need to get this car out of this mud do I want to drive this car? Am I going to stand here for the rest of my life just looking at this mud stuck, this tire stuck in this mud? Or am I going to ask? So it's not even sometimes it's just like, oh, I want to ask. I have to ask because this car <laughs> needs to move. Oh, right? I love that. Such an amazing <laughs> analogy. That is so good. I love right? it. I so love that's that. what happened. I was fearful of asking. I was like, I can't ask. I, I, <laughs> I can't, I'm not, I, I don't want to do it. But but then common sense says. If you don't do it, you're going to just stuck in the same position forever. And I was just like, nope, that's not a possibility in my life. I have to move forward. So the first person I asked for help was my pastor. Mm. Yeah, there is something about asking for help where we really have to put our pride and our ego aside. And I think a part of it is I know for me, it was like I never wanted to ask people for help. You know, I grew up in low income housing you just had to fend for yourself. Mm-hmm. So I thought, and asking for help was like a sign of weakness. And what I realized is like, no, it takes a lot of strength and courage to ask for help. And by the way, when we look at all of these successful people, there's a lot of people that help them to get to that level as the CEO or wherever yeah. they are. And, and so I started to be like, no, it's not, it's the opposite. It takes a lot of strength to ask for help. 
Yes. And and that's what I, I realized for myself. And once I started asking for help, people were probably like, okay, Danny, stop asking me so many damn questions. <laughs> you, 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 you asked too much. Like now you're asking way too much. Like calm down. Let me just answer the first question before you answer the 10th. And I'm like, okay, sorry. I, you know, I got on a roll, but, um, <laughs> but I learned to ask for help. And when I did, it kind of just changed my whole life. You know, it, it took my life on a whole different trajectory. So I completely understand what you're saying. So when you got into coaching and you started realizing all your, all these things about yourself, what was it that said, I need to be a love more coach? I mean, it was, you under, you started to kind of find yourself, but you could have done, I mean, you could have went in. You were a bit. You were a, 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 You had your own business. I mean, you could have been specifically around a business coach for women. You could have done all these different things. Why was it? I need to be a love more coach. It was the. I wanted to. I wanted my brand to represent the journey that I've been on. I didn't want to coach from perspective of okay let me learn this model let me sit in a classroom and they tell me a plus b equals c i wanted to package my experience in my own unique model and i wanted to honor my mom's last name which is lovemore and i literally wait, wait went, your mom's last name is lovemore my mom's last name is lovemore beautiful and i wanted to i wanted to honor my mom's last name and I felt that's the least I could do. We've never had a conversation about her name. And I wanted to share that because it may touch someone and remind you that have those conversations. I never, I never saw the power and beauty in her name and neither did she. And this is why I'm on this journey. I'm on this mission. I had to pick up from where she went off. I wish we had had those conversations. I wish she knew the legacy she was carrying. And she, she didn't. But I realized also, and it took me, even through COVID, it took me moments of love more. You have to accept this journey that this is yours. It took me a very, very long time. And sometimes I'm still the question, the doubt, the imposter syndrome. But Danny, this journey is mine. I've seen it so many times. I've seen the pieces. It's mine. So I realize that I can't coach on anything else that I don't know. Mm. I went through this journey. My life automobile was stuck in this mud. I learned to ask for help. I prepared myself. I work on my mindset. I started to love myself more. And then I got enough help and we came out of the mud. The car is back up running. And I wanted to share this journey with others it's not coaching is not enough of a word to describe what i want to do Mm. i want to share what i've went through because while self-reflecting and asking myself why am i here i had to own and embrace and what what gives me confidence is that i know that i was sent here for this particular unique journey and calling that I am the only person who can share what I've been through and who can do for who I'm assigned. So I knew that I had to package what I'm doing under the Love More lifestyle. And if I can't do that, 
I will step away because it will be, it will be almost like an empty vessel trying to coach and share to someone. So if I can't do under the love more lifestyle or the love more formula, my experiences, my unique experiences, there's no point because it will just be pointless. It would, it won't bring any substance. People want to hear what you've been through. They want to hear, and you don't have to try to create this over the top package. You just have to tell your story. It may not always be proper. It can be messy at times, but people will listen, especially if they know that you went through it, they will listen. So that's the reason why I'm doing Love More Coaching. It's a part of my legacy. It is my mission. It is my lifestyle. And who better to tell you other than myself, because I've been through it. Yes. Yes. And I love what you said. Legacy. It's your lifestyle. It's who you are. And don't be afraid of your story because I didn't always know that coming from low income housing, I was headed down the wrong path. And, and, you know, I've gotten arrested when I was younger and all of these different things. And my whole my whole mission in life was to get a corporate job. You know, everybody in my neighborhood was like, you got to get a good job. That was the that was the it when I was growing up. And so I finally worked in nonprofit for a very long time and I loved the work. And then I, I was able to get the good corporate job, which I thought was my dream. And it was like, no, this isn't what I want. I saw a lot of sick leave, a lot of people just turn over and a lot of people just losing themselves. And I, I just wasn't passionate about it. And I kind of like where you were. I, I, I just said, there has to be more. There has to be more. Mm, more. There has yeah. to be. There has to be more. And then as I started exploring it, that's when I got into coaching and speaking. But the fact that I think that what we have to understand, and you, you said this too, you can have different passions in your life. You can pursue different passions. But there's one of, the, one of those things are really going to resonate with you as, as something that you really need to pursue that could be a bigger mission or a bigger purpose. And I think we really have to understand that because oftentimes people merge passion and purpose and they're not all they're not the same thing i I love the dj i'm passionate about djing it is not what i'm meant to do true and i think that what you just said is really important that people understand you were a chef for 20 years and it's not going to make sense to people i need you to talk about that too because it's making a transition in your life is not supposed to make sense to anybody else because it's your mission yes you know, can you talk about that for a second? Because I know people were saying you're crazy. What are you doing? Talk um, about like it, there, it's, it's for you. There are people. There are people still. Um, I still have <laughs> clients. I still have clients um, asking me, and I'm not saying that I um, won't do chef-led um, events, but it has it has to fit into who I am. It has to fit into who I am. Um, it's a journey, Danny, where you will feel it inside and you'll feel the peace. You'll feel the peace. And as I said before, I never knew the difference between passion and purpose when I started my catering business in 2003. But my journey has allowed me to learn the, learn the difference. And sometimes Someone could have told me and I would never have listened. I would have, I had to go through my own personal journey. Like if you had told me in 2003 
that in now I'll be a coach. I'll be like, oh, no, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I would never have because I did it so long. I was passionate about cooking from I was a child for mm. many, many years. But then I realized once I once I had the awareness of or calling, once I had the awareness, like awareness of I am here for a particular purpose. That's when it clicked on me. It's like your profession is not necessarily your calling. No. And what you do not. as a work is not necessarily the mission that you have. And your calling is not necessarily always that you get paid for it. So there, there are a lot of things that we hear a lot of times, but we don't understand it. And the understanding for me came through COVID. Like I've used the word purpose many times. Mm-hmm. I've used the word calling many times. Yeah. I thought that being a chef was my calling. Yeah. But it was a part of the journey and the road to take me to where I'm where I'm at. It doesn't necessarily mean that I I won't ever do that again or I can I still I can still chef. Yeah. But now I have the choice to do it my way. Mm. Yeah, we have to go through some things. You know, sometimes you can't, it's not going to make sense to you or it's not the right time. And so someone right now who's going through a difficult time or they're going through some challenges, they might be like, why? And 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 you might not understand why right now, but it's happening for a reason. Yes. And once you come out the other side, you're going to understand, oh, that's why it happened. Yes. Or I wasn't ready for what I, where I am now. And I think sometimes we just can't see it because we're stuck, but everything happens for a reason. Seeds are planted, seeds are planted, and then eventually they grow. And and sometimes we're just not ready for that growth at the time, right? We're just a seed that needs to be, you know, um, watered and nurtured, um, even in the times of, of um, you know, stress and turmoil. So, yes. So talk to me a little bit about this book. You know, you you're you're an author. Um, tell me about the book. I, I want to know uh, about this book that you co-wrote. I again, my safety member called me. Probably, let's say sometime in June, and she's like, "I'm doing pursue by purpose. Do you want to join us?" <laughs> <laughs> And the moment she asked me, Danny, I was sitting downstairs and I created a sign probably around maybe the same time my mom passed. Yeah. The purpose of life is a life of purpose. Oh. And we're talking and the sign is right in front of me. What? And I was like, yes. And she was, she was like, yes. She's like, you never answered that fast. I said, you know what? I, I, I felt it in my heart. I knew that I had to be a part of this project because I knew that I had a voice to share and I knew that I had to share my story. So it was so, so easy. And I have to tell you, it was such a blessing for me to revisit certain parts of my story because it reminded me of my wine, reminded me of the power of the preparation of the hard things that we went through. So it was a powerful, powerful experience for me. I love that. And so where can people buy the book? You can reach out to me directly. If you're in the U.S., it's on Amazon. Um, Unfortunately, we had 
issues with Amazon Canada, but we can get it to you through our printer. So you can reach out to me directly. I'm on Facebook under Lovemore Sharon McClarkin. I'm on Instagram, Lovemore Lifestyle Coaching. We're in Clubhouse as well. Um, every Tuesday, the Champion You Club. You can go to my website and contact me through there, lovemorelifestyle.ca. And um, those are the best way to get hold of me to get a copy of the book. I love it. I love it. I got two more questions that I ask every single one of my guests. So what does grind mean to you? Wow. As you ask me this, grind before 2015 was just being on that hamster wheel and not going anywhere. So there was grind without purpose. Mm. Grind in 2021, if we want to use that word, it's with purpose, it's with intention, it's being gracious with our gratitude, it's being present in the moment, and we combine all of that and it just creates an abundance. Mm. So wherever you are, if you're grinding, make sure it has purpose with it because that will give you fulfillment. So I was grinding for 20 years without a larger purpose. Mm. I was loving. I was very, I was a very loving person. I was a very kind person to others, but I wasn't to myself. So grind with love, grind mm. with purpose, grind with love for others, and it won't fail you. Uh, I love that. And you kind of almost answered my last question was, what does gratitude mean to you? Gratitude is... Gratitude for me is a lifestyle. And a lot of times people will say, I'm going to just buy a gratitude journal and I'm going to do it for a week, or I'm just going to just have gratitude in Thanksgiving, make it a lifestyle. Because it's such, it's such a wealthy way of living. It's being present in the moment, which I wasn't for a very long time. It is not only seeing the things and recognizing even the little that you have, you know, sometimes we think that we just have a little bit. We don't have a lot. Got my daughter. My daughter is healthy. There's someone right now is mourning the, the loss of their child. So gratitude is being able to see beyond what we have and recognize how blessed we are. So for me, it gratitude is a lifestyle. Gratitude is being able to express and see beyond what we have. So for me, my biggest um, expression in this moment is make gratitude your lifestyle. Mm, make gratitude your lifestyle. That is so good. And one last thing before we end, you have a journal. So talk about the journal and how people can get the journal. Let people know what it is and how they can get it. So the journal is a blueprint that I documented of how I went through my most painful moments and what I do. So it includes my morning routine with this praying. So it has a dear God section. It has a self-care reminder box because I want people to recognize that the great things in life, self-care is not an event. And for so long, I would think that self-care is an event. I'm going to book a spa, which is great. Those moments are great. They're essential. But I want anyone who's listening to know 
I hope that I inspire you to know that and have the understanding of how important it is to have daily self-care routine. And when we talk about self, we're talking about energy, body, which is your mind, your will, your emotion, your spirit, and your soul. So I have a section that reminds you, take care of yourself today. What are you doing for you today? And we have our self, daily self-reflection. We have our love more affirmation. We have on, it's two pages per day for 60 days. On the second page, we have a section where called you can create your power list. Mm. And these are things that you must do for the day. So it's, it's keeps you focused because a lot of times our, our to-do list is so long yeah. that we don't even want to start it. So I encourage you, whether or not you get the journal, ask yourself, what is my power list? And stay focused on that. But if you finish your power list, then go to your to-do list. Mm, that's so, so good. So thus my Love More Prayer and Gratitude Journal, I documented my journey of all the things that I do for my daily self-care routine. And if you're going to get this journal, please be committed to using it because it is in the action and the daily consistency that this journal works. If you're going to get it and put it up to say, I got a Love More journal, then that's, I want it to work for you. And the journal, once you purchase a journal, you become a part of our community because I just didn't want to create a journal. I want to create a community. So once you get a journal, you're part of our Love More community and we connect once a month and we go through journal uh, exercises and life, life coaching so um, it's more than a journal. It is um, a lifestyle. It is um, the ability to connect with others. We share our pain. We share our triumph. We share our stories. And we move forward, pushing each other out of the mud so we can stand strong together and love more forever. Ah, I love it. I love it. So where can they get the journal? The journal as well, you can get through contacting me on Instagram, Love More Lifestyle Coaching, or you can connect with me through Facebook, Love More Share McLaughlin. And um, yes, that's how wow. you can reach out to get a Listen, copy of your journal. They need to get a copy of this journal. If you're listening right now, you need to reach out. You're, you're becoming a part of a community. You're not just getting a journal where you just you have this journal and you're on your own. You're actually becoming a part of a community. I mean... It doesn't get any better than that. Make sure that you reach out to Love More to get a copy of this journal and make sure that you reach out to her for a copy of the book. Or if you're listening from somewhere else around the world other than Canada, make sure that you get it on Amazon. Um, Love More, I got to say thank you so much for being on the show. I mean, I just I just appreciate your openness and honesty and, and the way that you always keep it real with your journey. And I think that's what resonates with me and probably so many other people that you're transparent about your journey and, and that you're really trying to get people back to loving themselves and, and loving who they are and, and what they have to offer the world. So I just want to say thank you so much for taking time to come on the Grind and Gratitude show and um, definitely looking forward to connecting with you on some other projects as well. So thank you so much, my sister. I appreciate oh, it. Oh, Code Stone. Code Stone. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. I'm, I've been inspired by you. I'm thankful for your presence in my life. It has allowed me to just stay the course 
because it's not always easy. So thank you for having me on. And I really hope that this conversation bless, you know, whoever listens to this. I hope it opens your eyes and it blesses you tremendously. And also follow my brother, Coach Stone. Yes, yes. Thank you, everybody. So I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening. Make sure if you love this episode, you go ahead and you follow Love More. Or you follow me at I am Danny Stone on Instagram and, and make sure that you subscribe to the podcast and leave a review so that'll help us to reach more people. That is it for this episode of the Grind and Gratitude Show. I will catch you in the next episode. Take care. Thanks so much for being my co-host on this episode of the Grind and Gratitude Show. I really appreciate you. I hope that you learned something and you're motivated to take action and get on your grind. Didn't that go by fast? If you want more, head over to grindandgratitude.com for show notes and more information about this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a rating so more people will tune in. And let me say this. There's something special about you. Grind until you find it. Be grateful when you get it.